Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to our service. Let's begin by reading scripture. The passage this morning is Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. The passage says this. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under its feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. It gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise and sing with us hymn number 724. Hymn number 724. Lead on, O eternal King. Please be seated. Okay, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Ryan, and I'm part of the family here at what we call the Humble Patch Chapel in Stuttgart, Germany. It's uh, our, our Protestant traditional service. But I would like to begin by saying the Lord put something heavy on my heart this morning that, that has been happening in my life for the past... 10 years. It's been happening at Jeanette in my life for the past 10 years, and that's that God has been <clears throat> showing us truth from all over the place and really challenging our traditions. So I thought about this, that this morning as, as this is our Protestant traditional service. We do a lot of things that are uh, rooted in, in some long traditions that the church has for a long time. But at the same time, God has been introducing me to people who have been challenging some of the traditions that, that I do. And it's been wonderful because truth is, truth is freeing. And Jesus said it best that you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And in that, some of the traditions in our lives have changed because of, because of the truth. So I just wanted to begin with that and just let you know where my heart is. Secondly, if you notice, I'm wearing a very nice sweater. This is our... This is our uh, chapel, Psalm 121. We had a mountains retreat uh, theme this year. And if you want one of these, they are the, the steep price of free 90 free. <laughs> Just talk to um, Chaplain Brian here, and he's got some in, in the van. Okay. And one right here. Is this for, is this for giving away? Uh, who is a, who is, oh, look at this, I'm not even going to see the size, here you go, boom, that's what I'm talking about, okay, um, this is the Patch Chapel, we hope, this is our prayer, that, that the moment you walked in this place, that you felt the love and the, and the warmth and the acceptance of God, because we worship a God who's, 
who's loving and who's welcome to everybody. And, and as, as military people who are here in Stuttgart, we come from all different backgrounds, and we want you to experience God here. So from the moment you walked in there, we want you to experience his love and acceptance. As you walked in, you should have received one of these. Is that, can you hand this? Can you hold this up if everybody received this? If you didn't receive one, I'm sure one of our helpers, like Ryder or one of the boys, would love to get you one. Raise your hand if you need one. Okay, we do this for several reasons. One, we want to let you know what's going on in the life of our little chapel group here. Two, we want to get to know you better. So our, our information is on the back, and we are, we are available to you. It's, it's near and dear on our heart to do life with you, to do fellowship with you. And I'm not going to read every, every group that we have here. You can do that uh, yourself. But I would say that we have different groups for different reasons because God has created us to be in community with together. And we live in an interesting time where, where we were told not to talk to each other or not to shake hands with one another, but, but God created us to, to get to know one another and to fellowship with one another and to break bread with one another and to have you in our house and have us in your house and, and for, for fellowship. And we do that after the service as well. So uh, from, you know, where, where are the young ones in here? All right. Boom. We have stuff for, for you all. We have, we have a youth group. <clears throat> we gather. When, what's the next Sunday that the youth are gathering? Maybe today. Maybe today. But just stay connected. With, we, we get the youth together. We do fun things together. Because there's nothing more important in your life than to be rooted in Christ-centered community. The, the children, are the children listening? Like, to, to go to school, you have to be rooted in truth because school can be a brutal place. People can say some very mean things. And we exist here to give you truth that's gonna make you solid all throughout your years when you go to middle school and you go to high school and then you go to college and so on and so forth if you're gonna do that. For, for uh, some men here, I'm part of a group that meets every 6.30 every Thursday morning at Kelly, at the, at the canteen. And this has moved beyond a, a Bible study. We, we're, we're getting to know each other. We are reading right now through the book of Proverbs. And, and like, like Rob would, would, sometimes we just go all over the place, right? And sometimes we're just rabbit trails everywhere. But, but we're fellowshipping together with one another. And we're breaking bread with one another. And we offer that to you as for the, for the men in here, that to be known with other men is, is going to be one of the most foundational things for your, for your household. Uh, for the ladies, we have Pewok, Protestant women of the chapel, who are, all, are always doing things in gathering and getting together for prayer. And I encourage you to contact Jody for that. Okay, something new on our bulletin here is if you look at the third point down, 95 prayers. So Reformation Day, and this is beautiful that we are in Germany able to celebrate Reformation Day. And some of you, how many of you went out on the Martin Luther trip? Yes, and, and you studied that uh, rich part of our history and our tradition. So uh, we came up with this uh, 95, we're gonna do 95 prayers and, and the email is sent out so people can update this it's on, or, or give us your prayers. And then Reformation Day is on October 30th. 
And I will be preaching on Psalm 124, but we're also going to talk about Reformation Day. And then maybe, I don't know about nailing these 95 prayers to the door, taping. Okay. We're not going to deface government property. We're not going to nail it to the door, which is pretty awesome, though, that, that, that Martin Luther did that. But, yes, please, please. So 95 prayers, right? It's kind of like the 95 theses, but what we're going to do is we're going to collect these prayers. I want a prayer from all of you, okay? So we have 95 prayers, but then the week after is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And so what a, what a great way to kind of lead us into praying for the world and for the persecuted church by having 95 prayers together. So that following Sunday, we'll take those prayers and lead it as we, uh, as we go into, the, into November. Okay, awesome. Yeah, thanks, sir. We were talking about community groups. Um, I, isolation, isolation is not the worst thing we do, but it's how we do all the worst things. So what we are calling you to do is, is to come fellowship with us. And, and sometimes that's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's like, I don't want to go in someone's house. And, and, but sometimes it takes just taking that step and saying, you know, I'm going to show up at this group for, for the children. Some like, I don't want to go to a youth group. But sometimes it means showing up. And then every time I've shown up, and my, my, I didn't want to, but I, I showed up, most of the time it's like, I'm so glad I came. I'm so glad I met somebody. I'm so glad I, I, I learned something. And for everybody else as well. If you just show up, you'll start, you'll start growing in your faith in ways that you never have before. And that might be baby steps starting with, I'm going to join the fellowship here next door and break bread with everybody. Okay, enough on that for community groups. And if you want to know the other things we have, just, just look at this. Now, uh, would you please rise with me as we sing our next hymn? Hymn number 591. Hymn number 591. Please be seated. And now I will call up our scripture reader. Good morning. I'm James Mays. Um, I'm a seventh grader at the middle school, um, and I'll today be reading the um, scriptures today. The Old Testament scripture comes from the book of Zechariah, eighth chapter, verses one through eight. The text can be found on page 61 in your pew Bible. 671 in your pew Bible. The word of the Lord Almighty came to me. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous for Zion. I am burning with jealousy for her. This is what the Lord says. I will return in Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the faithful city, and the mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called the holy mountain. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Once again, men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each of them with cane in hand because of their age. The city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. This is what the Lord Almighty says. It may seem marvelous to the remnant of, the, of this people at that time, but will it seem marvelous to me, says, declares the Lord Almighty? This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will save my people from the countries of the east and the west. I will bring them back to Jerusalem 
I will bring them back to live in Jerusalem. They will be my people, and I will be faithful and righteous to them as their God. The New Testament reading comes from the book of Revelations, 21st chapter, verses 1 through 5. The text can be found in page 878 in your pew Bibles. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there is no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who is sitting, he who is sitting, seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. The word of the Lord. That is so good. James, how old are you? Twelve. And I was, I, that is solid. That is solid. Thank you for that, James. Um, the next portion of our service is we, we dedicate a, a time for confession of sin. And we say this week after week, but confession is one of those things that we are, we are taught in Scripture to do. And and confession is the means by which we experience um, some freedom. Okay. Confession is pretty easy. The, me- the mechanics of confession, you- you've heard it before. Um, I- one of the verses that I go to is 1 John 1 9. 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to. Forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's pretty simple according to that passage. That if forgiveness is, is what I'm after, then the only thing that precedes forgiveness in that passage, if I put my, put my finger on the verb, is confession. And that word for confession is a technical term, homo legeo. It means same, say. So I say the same thing. I say exactly what I did, what I said, what I thought, what I didn't do, what I neglected, and then I move right into forgiveness, into receiving it. So, so it looks like this, Lord, I, I, I did this. And you say it in your mind. You can even whisper it. You could write it down, whatever. And then we move right into thank you, God, for your forgiveness. Thank you. Thank you for your forgiveness, God. Thank you that you don't judge me because of that. Thank you that you love me. And then you can move on from there to horizontal forgiveness and confession if, if that's where you need to go. Someone to your left or your right or, or someone back at work or someone where you say, I confess I've, d- I've done this and, and I ask for your forgiveness. And then there's that horizontal exchange. But it starts here. James 5.16 also says, uh, confess your sins one to another 
is that this is why confession is so important because it also restores that unity uh, laterally. So we'll, we'll take about 60 seconds, a time where we get to practice confession again. Pray your prayer to God. Conf- confess it, something you've never confessed to God. Go, go, go all out with him. He will not judge you. And then after 60 seconds of silence, I will, I will close us in prayer. And we'll move into the next thing. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful that in this age, this designated time of of history, we have the privilege of approaching the throne of grace with confidence, with confession, knowing full well from what Scripture tells us that you are faithful and you are just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all all unrighteousness and all the things that weigh us down every day. We receive your forgiveness, Lord. And and today and tomorrow, we choose to be conduits of that same grace, mercy, and forgiveness towards others, to, to those around us, to those you've brought in our lives, so that when people see our works, they would praise the Father in heaven. And we pray this in your most beautiful name. Amen. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? God's forgiveness and confession, a beautiful, beautiful thing. With that, I'd like to call the ushers up as we move into our offering.
Please be seated. As we transition into uh, the worship through hearing the teaching of the Word of God, I'm going to pray for us. And as we do in our traditional style, we, we recite the Lord's Prayer. Um, I would like to do something uh, just a slight bit different as we do the Lord's Prayer. I want you to open up the Pew Bibles and just follow along. So, so don't do this from memory. Do not do the Lord's Prayer from memory. I want you to read it. I want us to read it as a congregation, and then we'll, we'll, we'll end with that, okay? And uh, the page number is page 685. 685, or if you've got these things memorized, it's Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Anybody remember sword drills back in the day? Sword drills? I give you the verse, and it's... Draw. Yes, see, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, uh, Matthew chapter 6, it, it begins in verse 9. I'll, I'll pray for our service first, and then I'll go into this. Then you open your eyes, and you, we'll just read it, and we'll, we'll end uh, at verse 13. Okay, I'll pray. Lord, thank you for today's gathering today's uh, worship service thank you for the message today we're going to hear one of the psalms of ascent as we are ascending in our own lives to different heights and mountains lord we would you teach us the truths found in this psalm in psalm 122 that it may direct our attention to you and deliver us from things in our life. And Lord, thank you for the prayer, for one of the prayers you taught us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 9. Let's pray this together. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I just want you to read the scripture. Amen. Eric. There's a special person in the service today I just want to say hello to. I want you to know them. Um, Barton Don Fiziocker here. 25, 27 years ago, um, Barton was an, a young army chaplain in Darmstadt, Germany, and I was a young army lieutenant. I walked by the chapel one day. I still remember him. He looked like Tom Cruise. Yeah, he, he really did. Um, he still looks like Tom Cruise. Um, um, Bart is, and Don were in Darmstadt with their children at the time, and I was a young, young lieutenant. Um, they taught me what home was. Um, they invited me into their home. Um, they dis- Bart um, discipled me in a lot of ways um, as a young man and taught me to disciple others. And Simon, I hope um, this little intro is not going to do justice to all your mother, to your grandfather and grandmother um, have who they are. But there is a spiritual legacy in Germany. 
um, because of them, because of what God has done through them. So, Bart and Don, it's so good to see you. Um, it's been way too long, and uh, 27 years ago in Darmstadt, just come by so fast. Um, today, we're kind of talking about home. Home is a, a very complicated word, um, especially for those of us living in a transient community. The word home carries a lot of weight, and it carries a lot of emotion. Um, I saw the weight and emotion on the faces of my stairwell neighbors this past week. They just received their household goods after a summer move. Um, it was raining on the day that they received their household goods. Um, and while I was headed off to work, um, I saw my neighbor standing out in the rain with the clipboard, with the movers, by himself, early hours. It's raining. He's trying to stay dry under the pouring rain. He's checking off his inventory those are hard days. You've all been there. Just a couple days ago, though, this car moved up in front of our house, in front of their house. The name of this moving company always makes me smile. I know you've seen them around. But it's a subtle reminder, I think, that God is always with us, especially, especially you, especially us, when we move. While our neighbors are going through this ordeal this past week, Jody and I were spending the week trying to find that one special box of fall decorations. It's only about this big, a small box. After a good look around the house, we finally realized it's probably in storage. <laughs> um, then the reality kind of sank in. Um, we won't see that box for another three years. It's just stuff, no reason to get upset. It's just some Hobby Lobby wreaths and some flowers and colorful fall decorations, some garland. And in a world full of people who have no home, um, in this world that you and I live in right now, hundreds of thousands of people who have been forced to leave their home, I get it. It's just a box. But I've had the time to think about this week a little bit, and the thought of my neighbor standing in the rain with his clipboard, checking off his inventory, with that mix, missing box of fall decorations, it exposes in my heart what I think is true in all of your hearts, and that is a deep longing for home. Can anyone relate? On the wall in our home is a quote by J.R.R. Tolkien. I, uh, I brought it in. Whoops, kind of broke the frame. It's from the two towers. Um, but it's meant to be kind of humble like this. The quote said this way, it says, The last homely home east of the sea. A perfect house. Whether you like food or sleep or storytelling or singing or just sitting and thinking, or a pleasant mixture of them all. Merely to be in that home is a cure for weariness, a cure for fear and sadness. Don't you like that? To have a home that is a cure for weariness and fear for sadness, I like that. I'd add to this, home should be a safe haven a place to watch football <laughs> with a bowl of ice cream 
And of course, in an ideal word, a place, a place where you always know where your Hobby Lobby decorations are. Please don't get me wrong. Don't hear any content, discontent in my current home. Colonel Ziegler, if you're here, I don't have my glasses on. I really agree with your garrison motto. I'm glad I live here. I really do. Germany has charm. But living this nomadic so-called life of adventure um, wears on the best of us. And I think our children probably feel it the most. Yes, our children, they're strong and they're adaptable. Um, but at the pace that they say goodbye to their friends and to their schools and to their teachers and to their opportunities wears us down. And they do it in a season of life where they most need stability and predictability and order like they need oxygen. It's just a good reminder to us all to lean in to our children these days. Lean in and understand them. Proactively lean in. Understand their world. Because if there's any culture, if there's any military community right here who needs invested parents, who needs an invested youth ministry, it's right here. Home. It's a complicated word, isn't it? especially for those of us on the move. But fortunately, and oh so beautifully and oh so powerfully, God speaks. He is not silent. And in Psalm 122, God emphatically puts it in eternal writing that it is normal and that it is normal to be weary and long for a home. But God, like he always does, and always so uncomfortably, he stretches us. And in Psalm 122, he stretches us to look beyond our home to something better than a home, really to a collection of homes, to a city. And in our text today, that city is Jerusalem, but with a pilgrimage beyond Jerusalem to a new Jerusalem, like James, James read, where God will be with us and his people. So let's enjoy Psalm 122 together today. No catchy themes today, just a verse-by-verse verse exposition of a beautiful text, a very short psalm. Let's allow Psalm 122 to have its intended place in our lives to give us motivation on these difficult days. You'll hear words like being bound firmly together and the tribes of the Lord and a throne all for the sake of your brothers and sisters, your family. So let's hear Psalm 122 together. I'll give you a moment in your Bible to find it if you like. And I'll read it in the version of your blue pew Bible in front of you. And I'll add a few words to complement it from the English Standard Version. Psalm 122. A song of ascents of David. I was glad. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together, bound firmly together. 
That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise, to give thanks to the name of the Lord, according to the decrees, to the statute given to Israel. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls, security within your towers and citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, brothers, companions, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. I will seek your good. title of Psalm 122 says, A Psalm of David, which reminds us that David probably wrote this psalm as he did many other psalms. David, as you know, was Israel's probably most famous king. But what you really need to know about David is that he was a man who truly caught God's vision, not only for his home, but for a city, and a city with true family. We know David's childhood from the book of 1 Samuel. It was likely a competitive home. It was probably sibling rivalry, the pressure to perform. His parents probably had their favorite children. David had, what was it, seven older brothers, probably sisters too. So if you are the youngest or among the youngest in your family, I think you might relate well to David. But David's home was just as a mess. His son hated him. His father-in-law tried to kill him multiple times. His first wife, who once openly loved him, grew to despise him. So it makes sense. The first verse of Psalm 122, can you relate to David when he says, I was glad. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. When your family home is a mess, it feels good, doesn't it? To go to another house. In verse two, David looks down at his feet He dreams of standing in the city he loves. He writes, Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. He dreams about standing in the city that he loves. He looks down at his feet, clicks his feet together. David kind of reminds me of Dorothy, right? (laughs) Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. He looks at his feet, his ruby red sandals, his Hebrew made sandals. He breathes a deep sigh. There's no place. No place like Jerusalem. But what David might tell Dorothy and Toto (laughs) is this. Yes, Dorothy, there is no place like home. But there's actually something better. It's a city. It's where God's people are gathered, tightly bound together. Verse 3, verse 4, keep reading it with me. And verse 5 David explains why God's people must catch a vision for their city. 
In verse 3, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem is built like a city that is bound firmly together. David might have been caught up thinking of the beautiful, physical beauty of Jerusalem, the architecture of 10th century Jerusalem, Jerusalem's elevation on the hills of Mount Moriah, Mount Zion, back in the 10th century, not looking like modern-day Israel, the prominent hills, this beautiful walled city, homes bound together just like the European cities that you visit, homes bound firmly together. But David probably was thinking more of the people firmly bound together. The close bond of Hebrews gathering together in worship and pilgrimage, the unity, the camaraderie, the, the connection in the spirit, much more attractive than any physical beauty. Patch Chapel is a nice place. I have no complaints. But honestly, if you look at the outside, <laughs> it's not all that attractive. But what is attractive here is something that money can't buy and the government can't build. It's the bond. Look around you. It's the connection. It's the Holy Spirit-inspired friendships that are of inexpressible value. I'll let you in on a little secret, which isn't really a secret. The reason why we have lunch together, it's not because you need a free lunch. Our congregation, I've been thinking about it, might be among the wealthiest among all the military bases, truth be told. But what we're starving for is connection, friendships. Stick with it. I know, it takes time. It takes consistency showing up. Our lunch is an investment in people. It's the art of learning how to ask a thoughtful question to someone you don't know. Our lunch is about laughter. It's giving the most valuable resource we have, time. Some bring a gift of a meal that they prepared and they receive the blessing of seeing that empty plate and that others have enjoyed it. Frau Gudrun, can you hear me in the back? <laughs> For the past 30 years, she's been bringing gummy bears, cookies to hundreds of different children. Why does she do it? She's just like David. She's caught the vision for city. Let's join her. In verse 4, David describes the people who are ascending to Jerusalem. He calls them the tribes of the Lord. They're not the tribes of Judah. They're not the tribes of Benjamin, of Simeon, of Asher, Dan, etc. No. They're not that narrow-minded. And this is not a gathering for just anyone and everyone. This is an exclusive gathering. It is a holy gathering, and it's special. This gathering is for the tribes who belong to the Lord. A question for you. What's the name of your tribe? Ever, 
ever, ever thought about that? It's kind of a different question. What, what name would you give to the tribe that you belong to? Would you like to become a member of the tribe of the Lord? Are you interested in being counted among the tribes of the Lord? Consider it an invitation from God, not me. Believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn from sin, you and your household, and you will be saved. How about it? And Jesus was once asked to define the name of his tribe, and this is how he replied, Mark chapter 3, looking about those who sat at his table, looking around at their faces, this is what he said. He said, whoever does the will of God, this is my brother. This is my sister. This is my mother. Sure, David felt the same way in Jerusalem because the tribes of the Lord have a holy purpose and a calling. You, you're invited to be a part of those who do the will of God. And like verse 4 says, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. As Peter says, as Simon, Simon Peter says, you are a chosen race, you're a chosen tribe a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's a privilege to be counted among the tribes of the Lord. Consider yourself invited. Verse five in our text is in the heart of the psalm. And it describes what is typically found in the heart of any city. David writes it here. He says it's a throne of judgment. Just like every city, there's a seat of government, the presence of law and order. But there's a popular postmodern trend, even among Christians, I hear it. Nobody likes to hear the word judgment. Don't judge me. (laughs) You ever hear that? I do. But here's the problem, is that nobody wants to be judged, but everybody wants justice. What happens when you remove the word judgment from a city? For example, what happens if you remove UMCJ from a military base? What happens if you remove speed speed limits from all the roads? The World Series is coming up. I love baseball. What if we take out the umpires, no umpires, to judge the strike zone? What about no family rules? What happens when we remove the word of God from society? You know the answer because we're in it. So David's message to us that if you are interested in peace, if you're interested in peace, if you're interested in peace in your city, in your home, in your heart, justice must reside in the throne, the center of your heart. There must be a king at the center of your heart. The last two verses of Psalm 122, verse 8 and 9, are written for all of us who don't feel like going to church. 
Whenever we don't feel like making the pilgrimage, pilgrimage to patch, <laughs> David writes this. He says, do it for my brothers and my companions' sake, for my family and my friends' sake, for the sake of the house of the Lord your God, I will seek your good. Ever had a hard time to go in the church? I have. <laughs> but it all changed. It all started to change when I realized that the primary reason for going to church was not about me and getting my needs met in my church. Everything changed when I started to realize that the body of Christ was an intended place for me to bring my gifts to serve others. Let Psalm 122 renew your vision. For the day you don't feel like making the pilgrimage, read verse 8 and 9. Do it for the sake of my family and friends. For my brothers and companions' sake, for the sake of the house of the Lord. Simply said in another way, the pilgrimage to patch is not meant for you. It's meant for us. God has given us an opportunity to be a different kind of chapel. Different from any other kind of chapel you've been to in your military civilian career. God can make this chapel a light for weary travelers in Stuttgart. But here's how it starts. Each one of us, single, if you're a couple, if you're a family or a children, you must bring your God-given gift. I want to make you sure you heard it, okay? Please say it with me. Bring your God-given gift. Bring your God-given gift. Turn to the person next to you, please. Do it. Look him in the eye and say, bring your gift. Yeah. Tap the person on your shoulder to in front of you. Will you? Tap him. Tap him and say, hey, you, bring your gift. I'm, look, look across the aisle. Point to everyone across the aisle and say, hey, you over there, bring your gift. I'd like us to practice. Just like we do in the army, we train, but we... We practice with training. This is how I'd like you to practice this week. Please do it with me. This week, sometime on your own, you have seven days to do it. Please sit with your Bible all alone. Look for a verse, just one verse from the text that inspires you. Just one. And when you find it, write it on a little piece of paper. On a three-by-five card, if you happen to find it, it doesn't matter. Just write it down on a piece of paper. And please bring it with you next week. Please don't forget. If you don't have a Bible and you have nowhere to start, well, now's the day. Don't wait. Now's the day. Now's a good time to learn. Simply write a nugget of Scripture on a note card. And next week, when we do the offering, when we come to give our gifts Get up and give it to somebody. Just pass it to somebody you don't know. Someone sitting next to you. You know, you're very welcome to make this a lifelong habit. Watch God multiply your gift exponentially whenever you bring it. Let's practice. Let's practice what we preach. Let's practice what Psalm 122 has taught us. In your pilgrimage to patch, bring your gift for the sake of the house of the Lord.
Psalm 122, a simple eight, verse, eight nine verses. Remember it as a pilgrimage song, a song about home, but a song about a better home, a song about Jerusalem, but actually a song about a new Jerusalem to come. Not all of us have the time or the money or the resources to travel to modern-day Jerusalem. Just make sure your soul is ready for the new Jerusalem. James, thank you for reading our scripture today. You have an excellent voice. Use the gift that God has given you. James read from the last pages of the Word of God, an appropriate text for the last page of this sermon. Revelation chapter 21, hear it once more. John writes, he says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth passed away. The sea was no more. Then I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down as a heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God will be with them as their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. He who was seated on the throne said this. Behold, I am making all things new. It's trendy these days to say that all world religions are the same, but it's just not true. Jesus has the royal blood lineage of the throne of David. And he has a name, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus has overcome death. Eyewitness proof. He can only make things new. And Jesus has a German moving company <laughs> which bears his name. Only he can move you safely to eternity. Movement is his business in motion. <laughs> Let's stand and sing about him. Hymns number 686. O oh God, our help in ages past. Um, just three verses. One, two, and six.
722, it can be put to song. And teach to you real quickly, okay? Just take a second. Here we go. Ready? This is how it goes. Jody's going to help me. But you got to sing my part. you got you to sing Jody's part, a little bit of echo song, but it goes like this. Are you glad? Yes, I'm glad. When they said to me, are you glad? Yes, I'm glad. When they said to me, are you glad? Yes, I'm glad. When they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Here we go. Are you glad? Yes, I'm glad. When they said to you, yes, I'm glad. When they said to you, are you glad? Yes, I'm glad. When they said to you, let us go to the house of the Lord. Pray for peace. For Jerusalem. Pray for peace. Pray for peace. For Jerusalem. Pray for peace. Pray for peace. For Jerusalem. Pray for peace. Pray for peace. For Robinson. Pray for peace. Pray for peace. For Robinson. Pray for peace. Pray for peace. For Robinson. Pray for peace for Kelly Barrett. Pray for peace for Kelly Barrett. Pray for peace for Kelly Barrett. Pray for peace for Patch and Panther. For Patch and Panther. Pray for peace for Patch and Panther. For the same Pray for peace, pray for peace, for Stuttgart City, pray for peace, for Stuttgart City, pray for peace, for Stuttgart City, for the house of the Lord. Hey, that's the Mark 22, you got it? Hey, thanks for your help. Okay, let's pray. Thank you for a fun day. Thank you for this growing house. Um, help us have a vision for your city beyond our home. We know your Holy Spirit will help us with that part. That's the thumb part, is that he works through us. Thank you for my friends here today. Help them have a fantastic week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.